Hey everybody, welcome back. This week, I want to talk with you about recording, editing, and mixing. I'm gonna answer a bunch of questions that have been sent in, and I'm also gonna tell you a little bit about Emerald City Productions and what we do uh, with our recording, editing, and mixing services. You know, most podcasters, you, you wanna feel comfortable the first time you record your podcast. So like some of the things that we do at Emerald City Productions, besides teaching people, we will actually travel to certain customers. I have I have a um, trip locally in the next month to go record a new client and we bring equipment and we show you how to record while we record the first few episodes. Um, so if you aren't comfortable using a production company like ours will actually, uh, cover some of the fears that you have because we demonstrate and teach and and help you get started. Generally, a portable or a permanent podcast recording studio consists of things like microphones, headphones, mic stands, audio interfaces, mixers, things like that. You've heard me mention them before. You can always go to dannyosmond.com slash resources to see what I'm recommending currently. Um, and what I like to do is show people actually how to set up that recording studio uh, while they record to make sure they get the best sound quality possible. And I like to coach people through that content as they're recording it. Um, I will tell you this, your audience will appreciate the time and care that you put into creating a nice podcast recording studio because your sound will end up being high quality. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of people ask now is is about video. Most podcasts still are not including video, but I do also sometimes advise people on setting up a video recording studio um, if they are interested, because we do recommend broadcasting the recording of your podcast live so that you can then repurpose the video recording and things like that, you know, different ways on your podcast, YouTube channel, social media, and more. So Along the lines of recording, let me let me go over some of the questions that I've received recently, uh, sent in through SpeakPipe, sent in through email. Um, if you ever want to, you know, Danny Osmond at EmeraldCityPro.com, you can send me questions there. You can go to SpeakPipe.com slash podcast strategy and, and record. SpeakPipe.com slash podcast strategies. Let me make sure you hear that S there. And you can record your question via voicemail. I've also gotten some of these questions recently on live broadcasts that I've done on LinkedIn and to my Facebook group. So here's the first question. Well, people want to know how do the professionals record podcasts, you know, NPR and and yeah, of course, NPR, thousands of dollars worth of equipment, but really most professional sound quality um, sounding podcasts these days can be recorded at home using less than $200 worth of equipment in the right environment. And you notice I say $200 worth of equipment, it's gotta be the right equipment. And then I said the right environment. So it's gotta be a room where it's not super echoey, it's not noisy, there's not a lot of noise outside the room, things like that, all stuff we've talked about before. Um, another question I got was, do podcast recording recorded in a studio sound better? Well, yes. A podcast recorded in a controlled studio environment can sound slightly better. Could sound a lot better, but you know, usually it sounds slightly better. But that all depends on the recording studio and the sound engineer. So it's not the the fix all you think it might be. I could share with you many recordings of podcasts that we've produced, and I know it would be hard for you to tell whether they were recorded in a studio or at home because of the things that we can do in those next steps of editing and mixing. 
Here's another question. Does it help to have a sound engineer help with your podcast recording? Well, for most people, once you learn the basics of getting a good audio level and a clean recording, you really don't need to have a sound engineer help you. It's best to save the money that you're going to use on your podcast and use it for post-production services, things like editing, mixing, mastering. Those are the things that take longer to learn. They're harder to figure out. You need specialized equipment, a specialized room, things like that. Uh, somebody asked, how much does it cost to record a podcast? Well, generally speaking, you can record a podcast for the cost of the equipment that you bought and your time. You really don't need to hire a recording studio or engineer to record most podcasts. So when we help clients launch their podcast, we actually spend ample time showing them how to record and get that high quality sound. Another question, what's the best platform to record podcasts? Currently, I'm recommending using um, the D, uh, DAW, the digital audio workstation called Descript, uh, because it sounds good, works good. It's an app. It has a lot of controls. We'll talk about it a little bit more, maybe in editing. Another question, what equipment do I need to record a podcast? So first of all, you need a microphone. I recommend the Audio-Technica ATR2100. You need a microphone stand to put it on, um, headphones, some way to record. So something like a DAW, like Descript, or a portable recorder. And again, dannyosmond.com slash resources. You can find my current recommendations there. And finally, a lot of people ask, well, can I record a podcast myself and then have a professional edit and mix it? Yes, that's actually what I recommend. Um, so let's let's move on to the editing uh, step in the recording process and talk a little bit about that. You know, you might be a consultant or a coach. You might be a business owner. You might be an expert in rocket propulsion or something like that. But I'm guessing that you're not an expert in podcast editing or audio editing or engineering. And that's why you listen to this podcast. So when I started Emerald City Productions, the first thing the podcast asked us about was editing. Like that was the thing they needed. And if you've looked at other podcast production companies, you likely see that they offer editing services. <clears throat> That's partly because podcast editing is the most time consuming step in creating your podcast. And that's why a lot of podcasters outsource it. It takes a lot of time. And if you aren't an expert, it can take hours for you to edit your 30 minute podcast episode. So what we do at Emerald City Productions is provide that sort of complete audio engineering podcast editing service done by professionally trained audio engineers who spent their careers editing music and editing podcasts. Um, our process, our editing service actually includes things like detailed editing in real time, removing those filler words, um, or, uh, you know, the things that I actually don't cut out of my podcast because I'm in such a rush so, so many times. Uh, fixing and removing mistakes, noise reduction, removing annoying and distracting mouth noises, things like that. Um, we also tend to, with our editing, provide clarifying edits where we help the pace and energy of the episodes and keep people focused. So some of the editing questions I've gotten recently, what what is involved in podcast editing? Well, so for most people, podcast editing is the first step in post-production. So this is after the recording. Post-production services include things like uh, taking the raw recording and any notes you've included and listening to the episode then at one time, two time, three time speed. And like I said, removing about, we remove about 85% of the filler words. We fix mistakes, we make changes that you point out. 
in your notes or during the recording, if you say, hey, uh, editor, could you do this? We do those things. Um, we also use professional grade audio plugins to remove things like background noise, excess room echo, reverb, things like that. Mouth noises, we take those out so that it's a more pleasant experience for your listener. Many podcast production companies actually don't do this crucial step. So if your goal is great sound quality, then you really need to think about having a professional editor. So how much does it cost to edit a podcast? The, the money question is always second. Professional audio editing provided by a podcast production company like ours can vary greatly. It can be $40 per episode or per hour or hundreds of dollars per episode or hour. Uh, one of the reasons we cost a little bit more is I only hire professional audio engineers for our team. I don't hire interns and teach them how to edit a podcast. Um, I hire people who are working recording engineers and know what they're doing and can trust their ears. So another question, should you pay someone to edit your podcast or should you learn how to do it yourself? So I will say this, podcast editing can be learned and you may want to do it yourself, especially if you feel like you're tech inclined or you have a, a music background, things like that. But I don't typically recommend it. Um, for one, it's really beneficial to have outside ears, someone other than you listen to your content. And additionally, while it might take you two to three hours to edit a 30 minute episode, my editors edit a 30 minute episode in 30 to 45 minutes. So those time savings week in and week out are actually worth it as you create your content. And if you're concerned with sound quality, it's very beneficial to have a professional work on it. So um, another question, where should I edit my podcast? Well, you should always edit your podcast first after recording and then prior to mixing, okay? So maybe this is when you should edit your podcast. Uh, and you'll use a DAW to do most of the work. Most listeners prefer to have those noises and mistakes and filler words removed. Not too many, like you don't wanna take out all the breaths because then someone sounds like a robot. So there are things you have to learn. Uh, some Another person asked, how hard is it to edit? Uh, well, so over the years, I've taught tens of thousands of people to start a podcast in my LinkedIn course, like on producing podcasts or on my membership site. Now, during that time, I will say that the vast majority of the participants, and we're talking tens of thousands here, have told me that editing their podcasts became too complicated and too time consuming for them. And they eventually outsourced it to podcast production companies or didn't do it at all because they got past the recording and then the, the editing was the bridge too far. That was the hard thing. That was the thing that was like, okay, this is, this is something that I need an expert's help with. Uh, another question, how many hours does it take to edit a podcast? Most amateur editors, uh, do-it-yourselfers, hosts of a podcast, take about two to three times the duration of their raw recording to edit it down into a finished episode. So for example, on average, like a 30-minute episode might take the host 90 minutes to two hours to edit. Um, and this is another question, because some people ask, what happens after publishing? Can I go back and edit my podcast after I've released it? Well, that's a complicated question. You can, but here's the thing. Once an episode is published, any audience member, any listener who follows your show, subscribes to your show, will likely have downloaded the original file. It might've gotten pushed to their phone right away. Now you can go in and replace the episode file and you can republish it. But if you do that, those listeners that already got the original do not receive the new file automatically. 
Okay, so it's very important to make sure that your episode is ready to go and edited correctly before publishing. So now let's move on to mixing. Okay, mixing is the thing that most podcast hosts are going to have a hard time with because it requires years of training to get pretty good at it. Um, you want your listeners to have a superior podcast listening experience, right? I've said this before, asking why the sound quality of your podcast matters is, is ask, like asking why a restaurant needs to serve good edible food. If the content is good, listeners will put up with lesser quality for a while, but only for so long. So high quality means more listeners in the long run. If your sound is terrible, if it sucks, people will stop listening, no matter how good the content is. So if someone's willing to download and listen to your show, you need to do everything you can to provide them the best listening experience. And that's where mixing comes in. Otherwise, your listener will justifiably stop listening. The first impression of your podcast is crucial. It's important to your show. It's important to your brand. And ultimately, it shows you care about your listeners. Okay, Poor sound quality destroys the immersive nature of most podcasts. So to succeed in that superior podcast listening experience, you either need to learn podcast mixing on your own or find a mixing engineer that can provide services like these that, that, that I'm going to list now. Um, one of the first things that a, a professional mixing engineer does is make it easy to listen to in all environments, okay? Um, podcast listeners are going to most often listen to your show in competitive noise environments like a, a car or public transportation or crowded city streets or at the gym, and you want them to be able to hear clearly. So you need an engineer who can create that experience by balancing all your tracks, background music, and making an episode more easy to listen to. Um, so with us, we actually include our, um, our editors, our engineering team, they're all qualified mix engineers and they all, um, do this to every episode they, they work with. They mix every episode and they use the same tools and techniques that you're going to hear in your favorite podcasts from NPR and other, other really professional podcasts. We use Descript, we use Pro Tools as our digital audio workstation. We use Isotope RX to um, remove noise. We use EQ, compression, limiting plugins from the best companies in the industry. Uh, in the industry, and we um, use professional metering to achieve broadcast standard levels of loudness prescribed by companies like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So what? let me clarify some of the things that I was talking about there. Podcast EQ, for instance. Okay, so there are many tools that you're going to use in your mix for your podcast. The first step that a lot of mixing engineers take is to use EQ, equalization. Uh, so for the human voice, there are a few standard EQ settings on the frequency spectrum that actually improve the sound of the audio signal, okay? First, it can be helpful to use a high-pass filter to remove undesirable low frequencies. You definitely don't want too much bass in your mix. You don't want mic pops, things like that. So this filter works by only allowing frequencies above a certain set frequency to pass through the filter. The setting is particularly useful in removing microphone pops, like I said, and that generally occurs below 100 hertz. Next, you can increase the warmth in someone's voice by boosting around 150 hertz, depending upon the voice, male or female. There's also some mid-range frequencies that can get muddy uh, and muddy the sound, and you don't want to have those, so you lower those as well. If you have concerns about nasality, you think you have a nasal voice, lowering the frequency range around 2 kilohertz will help. 
Finally, if you need to improve clarity, you can boost around five kilohertz to increase the diction of the human voice. More clarity is generally a good thing when people are listening in competitive noise environments. So those are the useful tools that relate to EQ. Uh, you can also think of, uh, there's the, the something called the low pass filter. This is essentially the opposite of the high pass filter that can be used if you have a lot of noise in high frequencies, like above eight kilohertz. So now let's talk about, I, I mentioned compression and limiting. Um, podcast dynamics processing is what this is. After you've improved the sound by tweaking the EQ, it's a good idea to improve your gain structure by controlling the dynamic range of your tracks using dynamics processing, like the de-esser, compressor, limiters, things like that. So a compressor does what that name implies. It actually compresses the loudest, softest points the loudest points in your track. Um, it also brings up the softest points a little bit where the volume passes a certain threshold and that reduces the overall dynamic range of your track. It gives you more control when you're balancing because then you can increase the volume of the compressed track, allowing the softest points to be heard as well as the loudest points. A de-esser is a combination of EQ and compression. And it does what its name implies as well. It lowers that harsh S frequency in any audio by using a compressor that is focused only on a higher frequency. This is very helpful because too much of the S frequency can actually give listeners headaches. And then finally, we use limiters that are uh, they're similar in function to a compressor, but a limiter allows you to increase the overall volume of a track or your, your whole mix by applying a loudness ceiling that your audio will not be allowed to go past. And then the final step, which really isn't mixing, it's called mastering. Um, you kind of, you want your podcast to sound good like all other podcasts, professional podcasts out there. And that's where mastering comes in. So, so during this final step, the engineer uses tools like bus compression, limiters, uh, and, and more to complete loudness. Um, you might hear the, the, term normalization sometimes, but it brings your final product to the broadness standards, uh, broadcast standards of loudness used by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, we usually set the level because this is what Apple and Spotify want of minus 18 integrated LUFTs, um, L-U-F-S. And, and we try to keep that at the relatively the same loudness throughout the episode. So it's consistent. Um, it makes it easier to listen in competitive noise environments. If you've ever tried, uh, like for instance, to listen to classical music in a car, <clears throat> you'll know what it likes. You'll know what this sounds like. You don't. Um, you don't want to always be turning the volume up when things are soft and then down again when they get loud. Mastering that we do on podcasts presents prevents this. Um, so questions that I've gotten about mixing. Let's go through these pretty quickly because there were there were a few of them. How, do, um, how does an experienced mixing engineer help a podcast sound more professional? Well, like I've said, they use all these tools, noise reduction, EQ, dynamics processing, mastering to just make things sound better, balance things, improve the sound, make it easier to listen to. Um, what type of equipment do you use in uh, podcast mixing? Um, most of all, you're gonna be in your digital audio workstation using plugins and things like that to mess with the sound. Um, some people ask, well, can't we learn to do this ourselves? Well, you know, you might be as a podcaster able to learn basic editing techniques. Um, but 
learning mixing generally requires more time, trial and error. Uh, it depends on how consistent your episodes are in, uh, are week in, week out. Uh, sometimes are you recording louder, softer, are your recording levels different? Do you have interviews that are inconsistent between the guests? Um, that can take time to learn how to figure out and it requires more knowledge. Mixing just requires more knowledge on how sound works together on different tracks. Uh, the cost to outsource mixing, it, it really depends. Like with our stuff, our production packages include professional mixing. So those start $600 a month for four episodes. Um, how long does it take to mix a one hour podcast? Well, if you're doing it yourself and you're struggling, you, you might take an hour to mix an hour podcast. You might take longer. It might be similar to editing for you. But a professional mix engineer really should only take about 10 minutes to mix an hour-long podcast. Um, after you've done the editing, it's pretty simple to get that balance. If you know what you're doing, it's pretty simple to get that balance and get everything working together. So while editing takes much longer, someone with the right software, good listening environment, and the experience can mix a standard podcast episode in 10 minutes or less. Um, and now, that's a sort of standard podcast, a podcast that requires sound design, like narrative podcasts, true crime, all that sort of stuff, music, sound effects. That takes a lot longer, okay? An hour-long true crime podcast with sound design and effects and music and all that sort of stuff coming in and out, that might take two, three hours a day, two days to mix. Um, so the 10 minutes is more of your standard uh, music opens the show, intro, interview, outro, uh, music closes the show. That should take a, a professional mix engineer about 10 minutes to do. So we've covered a lot today. We covered recording, we covered editing, we covered mixing, I answered a bunch of questions. And I hope that this helped you understand a little bit more about the process of recording a podcast. Again, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to email me, danny at emeraldcitypro.com or uh, record a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash podcast strategies. And it would really help me um, if you know podcasters that are getting started, you can share this podcast episode with them. You can rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And that really helps. It really helps me know what you are listening for. I've gotten some of these questions from reviews and things like that. So it's, it's super helpful. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you again next week.